Do scents evoke memories and transport you back to being on the beach during your favorite vacation? I know they do for me. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil smells like summer or the beach in Aruba, bottled with all natural uplifting notes of mango, mandarin, grapefruit, lime, and cypress. But it's not just about the elevated scent. This body oil is clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and deeply moisturize, leaving skin silky and soft. It delivers that coveted post-vacation glow, like you just returned from a tropical getaway. And right now, you can get 10% off your first order with our code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. I love Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I use it every single day and I have for so many years. It makes me feel silky smooth and just glowing. This body oil is rich but never greasy and clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. It visibly firms your skin, leaving you more sculpted and toned. No wonder I feel so great after using it. But it gets even better. With Osea, you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Osea's products are clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. They are a women-founded company that has been making seaweed-infused skincare for over 28 years. So bring on summer. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skin and body care at Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. From the Heart is brought to you by Oatly. For totally true facts about oat milk, just go to Oatly.com. That's O-A-T-L-Y dot com. Hi, and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. I have the sweetest guest of all time sitting with me here right now today that I am so happy to introduce, Stephanie Birch. Steph is a writer, a yoga teacher, photographer, play-at-home mom, I love that expression. I've never heard it before, but I love it. And a good friend of mine. Also, she's one of our beautiful teachers on 108.com. Welcome to the show, Steph. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Note that we just we just did this introduction and then I realized my podcast recorder device was fucked. So here we are. We got like a little <laughs> practice run. <laughs> I feel less nervous okay, now. <laughs> good. You're like, we did the first minute once before. Like, here we go. <laughs> I'm so excited that you're here. I'm so happy to be here. People ask all the time, like, when are you going to have Steffi now on the show? And you're far away in Sacramento and I'm in Aruba. And now here we are. Now here we are. After the retreat. After the retreat. Yeah. Yeah, We just, Stephanie and I just hosted a retreat together called Authentically You. How did you like it? Oh, I loved it. I was thinking about it this morning and I was looking at all the girls' pictures on Facebook and I was starting to get teary-eyed I'm like it's already over it was weird oh, yeah. time-wise time warp I mean time warp like <laughs> totally even the last class I taught like right before our closing circle I was like hey everybody let's just close your eyes lie on the floor I'm like so here we are our first class together <laughs> and I was like uh wait our last class like what the hell That's because it felt. felt like we were just about to begin and then it was over and it was over I know oh. sweetest group sweetest it- group Every single one of those ladies is amazing, and I just want to bring them all home. I know, I know, and it's so beautiful. And for me, this is the first retreat I have ever, I mean, aside from like with Dennis, we used the co-lead retreats together, which was hilarious and hard. (laughs) Really hard, but really amazing. But it's the first time that I've co-led a retreat ever. Yeah, how did it feel? Oh my God, it was so good, so good. I think for me, I mean... 
and I've shared this on the podcast before, but all the retreats and groups I have this year are in some shape or form in collaboration with other people. It was like last year for me was a big year of I've been doing everything alone. All Everything I do is like, I do it alone. And it's also a source of this, sometimes this struggle between me and Dennis because it frustrates me that he can delegate everything he does. He can like call in sick and someone else will do all the stuff he right. has to do that day. Right. Like normal people have that. Yeah. And I'm like, I cannot delegate 1% of the things that I do. Like, honestly, what I can delegate, I have delegated. But everything that's left, which is like, teaching or retreats teacher trainings podcasts like writing yeah like, i can't tell anybody else to to do that you're like somebody be rachel today <laughs> can, someone, <laughs> can someone clone me and like take over for a moment like, but so my solution to feeling really overwhelmed and overworked last year was and it came like a light bulb of like wait like i'm surrounded by so many amazing people you know who who teach or who also not just it's not just about teaching like, it doesn't even have to be a yoga teacher yeah. but like who 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 have the same vibration as I and who want to share similar things like why not just invite them and help hold the space and it was like what's wrong with me that I never thought of that in my (laughs) life like that was an option Mm -hmm. you know now here we are and now here we are and it was so for me it was so beautiful it was so easy Easy. (laughs) well people go uh how did you plan it and I said (laughs) we didn't we didn't That's like the worst. We didn't. In our teacher trainings, I have to tell my students all the time, like, you know, and you want to plan out your classes. I never plan out mine, but you really should plan mm-hmm. yours. Like, <laughs> totally, totally. We had like one 15-minute session before the retreat. So like, where we basically said, okay, so let's let's go with the flow. <laughs> that's the plan. Okay, cool. And that's what we did. <laughs> and that's and what we did. And it flowed. And it just went. I was like, yeah, her saying that in class or her teaching, I was like, gosh, we're so similar. And I forget. But also, like, so different, too, at the same time. Yeah. And it's just, like, a beautiful blend of just two women coming together and with other 45 women. It was so good. It was amazing. It was so good and easy. That's, and like, easy. the key word. And I'm a little sick right now. I mean, and that I've talked – I feel, like, sick of talking on the show about the fact that I'm sick because every month, at least, I've had some sort of sickness. And right now I have this – I don't know what it is, something. But then normally when I have that, if I'm going into a retreat or a training, it comes with this – panic of like oh I have so such a big responsibility and what if I can't carry that or what if I'm gonna fail yeah and now because you were there everything was so actually didn't bother me that I was sick at all it was like really so chill good. I could part- I mean I was there the same amount of time I would spend with yeah. a normal group yeah like present for everything but it was that feeling of just softening like oh but she's got this you know yeah yeah it's so good so yummy so for anyone who like doesn't know you I can't believe I said like doesn't know you. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know you, who's Steph? Who is Steph? Hmm. Hard oh, question. Such a big question. Gosh, sometimes I'll just say the one with many hats. Being a woman, a mom, a yoga teacher, writer, photographer, all the hats, but all the hats are such doing things hmm. and they all make up who I am. And I don't know, I think I'm just a woman that's, constantly in evolution seeking growth and always looking to create from the inside out Hmm. what a beautiful way to say it (laughs) and it's hard I mean sometimes I think labels are are really hard yeah and I mean it's good to have some for like hey this is what I do like what's up but I think the type of work that we do is kind of hard to explain yeah, I don't love to, the even the box of I teach yoga. You yeah, know? same. It, yeah, I don't like it anymore. I yeah, I <laughs> I weave in and out. I'm like, oh, what do I do? What who am I? 
all kinds of all kinds of things, all kinds of things, and then just a just a human being. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we met years and years ago. I mean, we connected through social media mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. But you were one of the few people, and I mean, now I think it's very evident why. But I think back then, I mean, maybe five years ago, six years ago, I don't know, when we connected for the first time. Now I can really see. Oh, okay. I know there is a certain type of online personality that I really don't agree with yeah and I've been able to kind of make that distinction and I think specifically within the yoga community Mm -hmm. online there's been that kind of oh okay there's people who do things this way and there's people who do things that way and back then I I didn't really have that thinking everyone was just kind of figuring out what what it was and to teach yoga and put that online and influence or inspire people online like it was such a new concept so but you were one of the few people where I was like, ooh, her. Like, I want to meet her in person. Like, I want to take her class. I want her to, to like, come teach with me over here. You know, I, I had that immediate feeling. And now it's so evident yeah. to, to see. It is. Yeah. And I, even all those years ago when I initially sent you that email of just thanking you and how you inspire me and make me feel like I can be me and still teach yoga, <laughs> I, I said, someday I'm going to go to Aruba and I'm going to meet her. I didn't know how, I didn't know like what that looked like. And you actually came to California first yeah. and that's how we yeah, met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. And then and I like knew like Steffi lives around here. Yeah, like yeah. we gotta go. <laughs> We're texting. I know. <laughs> so fun. And, and I mean, both me and Dennis, especially like during those first years, we had so many encounters from the online world. Like we'd go teach in LA and then all of a sudden, oh, but that, that and that person that I like comments on my post or that I sometimes chat with online like they live there oh we should meet yeah. them yeah and we've had definite like mega awkward <laughs> meets with like social media influencers or even like celebrities or people who are like oh they gotta be like the coolest person and then we're there at dinner and it's like oh my god we have nothing in common <laughs> how are we gonna get yeah, out of yeah. this like holy shit holy shit but then there's been some where it's been like oh this is like we know each other forever already mm-hmm. like this is like the easiest thing and you're definitely one of those people yeah. you are too <laughs> It was so easy just to have dinner with you guys, that first one yeah, yeah, yeah. in Napa. Yeah. And I felt like, I was like, don't be introverted and weird. <laughs> and I don't know if I was. No. Maybe I didn't. No. no. But in my head, I was like sweating at dinner, like, <laughs> I'm going to drink a beer. I'm going to drink a beer and, and speak words. And speak words. And speak words. Yeah. But let's talk about that. You are an introvert. Mm-hmm. See? <laughs> and here's a manifestation yeah. of what that's like. Yeah, so I have to really push myself to speak, to connect, to get closer to people instead of just be the listener or off to the side. Or one of the coolest things and the biggest reasons for me even teaching yoga is to push myself to be in front and with people and speak Hmm. and be vulnerable. It's really easy for me to write. It's really easy for me to photograph people because I'm not in the equation really. I am when I write, but not like it takes me out of it and I can just push other people to the front. Hmm. (laughs) I'm really good at that. Did you have that when you were growing up too? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm the oldest of five. So always the responsible, <laughs> always the leader, the caretaker, set a really good example. And that 
type of conditioning, whether my parents knew it or not, has just this, just be quiet. Don't speak unless you're spoken to. Set the example. Take care of everyone else. And sometimes I take a back seat in my own life. Hmm. I'm like, damn it. But I mean, isn't it? And it's so interesting because now the, I mean, it's like your whole life path somehow mm-hmm. is is storytelling mm-hmm. and speaking in front mm-hmm. of people. And I mean, and just teaching yoga. I mean, it's people don't usually think about that, especially if, if you haven't taught or if you're just used to taking classes. But I mean, teaching a yoga class, it's public speaking. Oh, yeah. I mean, 100, 100%. Yeah. And public speaking, you like you are yourself. It's not just a speech, unless you teach Bikram, <laughs> you know, yeah. but just it's you being yourself in front of people. Hmm. And I'm very like, don't be messy. Ugh. Like you have it all together. <laughs> That's not true. No, it's true. No, I, mean, I need to show people my messiness more. Mm-hmm. It's easy to write the messy, but now, like, especially in the last year, I've been working on connecting with people, bringing people together for Write Club has oh, been one of my most favorite things to do, to be in person and not necessarily share my writing online. I, I want to be able to express my voice and... And speaking and it speaking instead of speaking it, just typing looking it, eye yeah. to eye, all the eye mm. contact we do at the mm. retreat. You know so that. beautiful. It's yeah. So beautiful. And so different. Mm-hmm. I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And I mean it's a totally and I th- I think there's there's definite definite levels of I mean levels of being an extrovert too, or levels of allowing yourself to be seen in that way. And sometimes you can kind of mistake the idea of I mean, because you have a, an Instagram platform with lots of followers and I have an Instagram platform with lots of followers, and then we talk to them and and it might look like on the outside, like, ooh, they're so brave. You know? Oh, or, totally. Ooh, it's, you know, being vulnerable with, with these people and sharing all this truth. But you're not sitting there no. with those thousands or no. millions of people. You know, they're not looking at you yeah. in that moment. They're not seeing you fully. You're sharing this version of something. And being in the room or looking one person in the eye sharing that same thing can be super hard oh, or yeah. impossible. When we're feeling each other, mm-hmm. we're... Making eye contact when, I mean, in America, everybody's head down, like, you don't exist. I don't exist. Like, let's just do our nine to five. Don't look at me. I mean, I think all over the world. Kind yeah. Of. I feel like Americans are more outgoing. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm Scandinavian. We are very cold, like, mm. temperature in terms of, you know, it's, it's cold outside, which kind of makes people a little boxed in and spending half of the year inside, literally, like, sure. in our houses, like, you know makes people really closed off and kind of and once you get a Swedish person to open up it's the most beautiful thing yeah but I feel like Americans still have this kind of like I'm great Mm. you know this like America (laughs) well and I and I go ooh, let's not (laughs) sometimes while traveling I'm like ooh, I don't want to admit I'm American sometimes (laughs) like I don't represent the loud, like, I'm amazing, I deserve, and, you know, the, that, whatever that is, that mm-hmm. stereotype, and. I mean, there's good and bad yeah. to everything, yeah. but, but I think, but how has it changed your life, you know, telling your story, or that practice of standing up and speaking and taking up space, even though you have that voice inside that tells you, no. Mm. I think it m- just makes me a better human, and more. 
empathetic to others. When I struggle with people or relationships that are maybe a little bit more challenging or in business or personal friendships, I feel like I can step back and pause and see that person as who they are and know that, gosh, I struggle with all these things. I grew up this way. My experience has brought me here and their experience has brought them there. And I can see them and like, even when it, it's like a harsh criticism towards me or something, or they don't agree with me, I just go, they're human, just like me. I have my own biases, my own opinions too, because I have these experiences that led me to all that. Hmm. And it's more forgiving. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. I'm really good at uh, forgiving. It's a, I'm really good at also setting boundaries, but I'm also, I always have hope that people can change or will change. And so I'm able to forgive easily. Not that I forget per se, but. And is that from practice too, or was it, was that always easy for you? I don't know. I think just, I have a relationship with my biological dad that he's been in and out of my life. And it's because I've set boundaries and I have forgiven what was and always had allowed him back into my life. And even at like a young age, in my teenager self, my 20-year-old self, it just, I don't know, I just always hope that people, I have hope and faith in people. Mm, that they're going to do better. Yeah. Or, and and even if we never. quality. I mean, yeah. and you can forgive and still keep that quality. You know, sure. you can set boundaries and still keep that quality. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. I feel like that was kind of a big theme on the retreat that we just had was setting boundaries. There was a, mm. a common thread. And I mean, and I have it in my life and you have it in your past and in your life. But especially as women, I feel like men are kind of conditioned throughout their lives in a different way of like being strong mm -hmm. or being firm or, you know, kind mm -hmm. of this is mine and this is yours and I'm doing it this way and my way or the highway. or And as women, we're like, okay, but that's okay if that's what you want, you know. Mm -hmm. um, also in the workplace and kind of, yeah, taking more of a backseat role which I feel of course it's, it's changing a lot now but how has that been how has that process been for you in terms of setting boundaries what what brought you to a place where you felt like oh okay I need a boundary here it's like it feels a bit like a betrayal of self if I don't set a boundary so if I get really angry that's how I know I have not set a boundary for this person or the situation or relationship And it could be something that they did or something that I feel like either was misleading or whatever kind of mistreatment. If I don't set a boundary, I get angry. And mm. that's how I know. I It's that emotion. And, and is that rare for you? Anger? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or it takes a lot for me to get really angry. But at the end of the day, I know when I'm angry, it's just because I'm really hurt or mm. really sad. Mm. And... It's not that I want to avoid sadness or avoid hurt or pain. I used to be explosive with my anger in my 20s, like like physically, like, ah, like freak out, get in my car, rip around the freeway and like express it. Like I didn't know how to 
like reflect on why I was angry or mm. I was just like an outburst and I couldn't contain it. And now I think with yoga and becoming a mom, oh, <laughs> oh that like puts me in check easily. <laughs> so now I can like see myself, uh, let myself be angry, but also leave room for pause to reflect. And at the root, it's just hurt. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, always. Always. But it doesn't mean that that <clears throat> anger isn't valid or, you know, that it's not, that we should do nothing about it or repress it or go the other sure. way. And I think that's so common. And that was also kind of, a, I mean, it's a theme of life is something I talk about a lot, but learning how to, in a healthy way, express mm-hmm. anger. And we're not taught that. No. I feel like there should be, I mean, already now, like Leah Luna's two, I'm like, we're now she needs to learn like now we need to start giving her tools for when I'm really angry like what are some things I can do to like to hold that space to let it out to get get that energy flowing through Mm -hmm. so the moment can pass without her yeah and feeling safe without her hurting herself or hurting me or you know doing anything that isn't healthy long-term or suppressing it saying Mm -hmm. no you know quiet down or Mm -hmm. that's not okay we don't do that in this house or, or or whatever and and it's like the most important thing. <laughs> yeah. Like dynamic meditation. Like dynamic meditation. So... Yeah. That was your first dynamic, right? It was my first dynamic, but I've done things similar to have similar experiences. But mm-hmm. dynamic is, I think, I don't want to say everyone should do it, but everyone should do it. <laughs> <laughs> everyone should do it. Yeah. yeah. And I... I Yeah, and I've also participated in long stretches of seated meditation. So Mm. no movement, no breath work, sitting in stillness for long periods of time. And the differences in what brings out like dynamic brought out such a good release. And I was crying, laughing, little hints of anger, but I don't really know. I was just letting myself release what was in there. But seated meditation... Oh, that like makes me feel my anger hmm. because like, that oh, can be suffocating. God. It can be. Yeah. 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 I think I feel the, the difference. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's true, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's healthy to have both. And I think the more we do of the active release, the easier it's going to be to sit in silence and not totally. have all that stuff kind of in the way or bubble up or, or, or they're both ways to process, yeah. you know, just different, just yeah. different. But I think boundaries, and it's something I feel like we get a lot of questions about in this podcast also. It's once you start setting boundaries in your life, because I feel like we can go a long time without actually realizing that we need a boundary in a certain relationship. And a a pattern that I see a lot is a a boundary between us and our parents. Mm. And I mean, it's going to get to a point where our kids, where Bennett and Looney's, where they're going to be like, okay, mom, I need need some space here. Like, here's a boundary. I know. Let's cry about that. Cry I could actually bit. cry because even like what Bennett said on the phone and I just Oh yeah, you, share that. Like, <laughs> so Bennett's seven. Bennett is seven and he's the sweetest. He's a cancer. So he's really sensitive, really is in touch with his feelings, his emotions and doesn't hide any of that. And we don't hide it either. We just let him out. But just the other night, like two days before the retreat ends, he's like, when are you coming home? Like, just crocodile tears. Mm. And he goes, I don't think yoga retreats should exist. (laughs) 
They should never exist. And I was like, oh. <laughs> it's the cutest I was thing. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm like tearing up right now, but I'm like, oh, I man. hear you, buddy. Yeah. Because they should only exist if I can come. Well, maybe there's some truth to that. I know. <laughs> You're like, and sometimes mommy needs to be alone. I know. <laughs> I mean, both of it is it's, true. And that's yeah. Just, the hard thing about motherhood is that everything is true at the same time. It like, is. We want to have space and be alone, but we also want to be with them 24 hours a day. Right. Like, I'm like, it's, it's really the best, easy. worst thing ever. Yeah, best, worst <laughs> thing ever. It's the hardest and the easiest and like brings up all this stuff and... But I mean, there's going to be a point, no matter how well we do at this parenting stuff, no matter if we like tick all the boxes and try our hardest and, you know, do everything quote unquote right, there is always going to be that moment where they have to grow into themselves sure. as their own person. And it's not always going to align with what we feel yeah. or what we think should be or what we think they, you know, they are. So I think everyone has to kind of in their lives at some point arrive at that place of setting a boundary, whether it's gentle and soft from a place of love or whether it's from like... I can't live with you. you yeah. know, maybe there's stuff there yeah. in the back that's been really, really, or in the past that's been really, really hard. And for me, and I've shared this on the pod too, I, I've had a, a, or had a past or a child, childhood of, of no boundaries at all, of kind mm. of feeling at times I'm almost merged into one person with my mom and with my dad. He was kind of, I don't want to say he's an angry guy, but he definitely did not get the tools when he grew up mm-hmm. in terms of how to deal with sadness or pain or loss. And yeah. it shows up as anger in him. Yeah. Like really intensely out of the blue, like clear sky, sunny day. And all of a sudden there's a tornado there. Like it can be really scary. I have similar. You have. Yeah. You know, so I thought for a long time, like that's just normal. Like that's mm-hmm. what dads are. And this is what moms are. And mom's sad a lot. And I, I'm the one who takes care of her and dad's angry. And I'm the one who like talks him down or, you know. Yeah. And no, that's not healthy. Like, no. no. And they tried their best. And I mean, really, and they were great parents in so many ways. But there was that space of like, my mom would have never in a million years realized that I needed to set a boundary there. It's not going to come from her. Right. You know, it came from me. And it came from this moment of, oh, I can't continue this way because I can't live the best life for me. Can't focus on myself if I allow her to take up this much space in my life. It's like I'm in the backseat and she's driving the car, but it's my car. Yeah. That was kind of it. And it was so painful, you know, that realization. It came with so much fear. And like, what if I set a boundary? Because I also love her and mm-hmm. she's the most important person for me. And what if I set that boundary and I break her heart? Or what if I set that yeah. boundary and she doesn't want to be with me? And it was so much of this like total, almost absurd. You don't want to disappoint. Oh, it's the hardest That's thing. the other thing. I'm a people pleaser too. Like, I, I don't want to disappoint you. Mm. I want to be there for you. Yeah, but I mean, and of course, it's going to be a disappointment. It's yeah. going to be painful setting any kind of boundary on um, whether it's just, okay, like maybe we shouldn't talk 20 times a day or maybe we should have a month and not and a little bit of space. Yeah. Anything between parents and children, it's going to hurt. Totally. Totally. I can't imagine that I, from oh, Looney's like, it's just, I but, uh, but I hope she gets to that point one day because it's a healthy thing to yeah. do. I um, just go, I know I'm fucking it up. <laughs> He's going to have to deal with whatever we bring to him. Yeah. And I fully trust and know in my heart, my parents did the best they could with what they knew. Hmm. And same. We're all just Hmm. doing our very best with the way we know how. And isn't that so, such an important part about becoming a parent is also realizing that, oh, it's not as easy as I thought, mm-hmm. you know? Like, oh, I was, they just I was such better? a good parent when I didn't have kids. Yes. 
me too. I'm like, can all these people just take better care of their fucking kids? Yeah. And then, okay, it's actually like all consuming and almost impossible to get this right. I yeah. mean, either way, there's going to be moments where, you know, and there's, I mean, it's totally true. Like you can love your kids so much that you suffocate them. Like there's yeah. too much love there. I need yeah. freedom. I need space. And then they're going to have to work with that when they yeah. grow older. And I think it's part of, part of just our evolution of our consciousness is going to be to fuck our kids up our way, the way we only can, only us could ever do so that they have something to deal with. Totally. So that they can have their own. Well, they need the struggle. They need, I, I, they need the disappointment of their parents too. Like I, I think it's healthy for me to disappoint Bennett. Not on purpose, mm-hmm. like, ooh, I'm going to do this to him today. <laughs> today I'm going to disappoint my no, son. No, just when I think about, like, there have been two times I've forgotten to pick him up at school. Just mom brain. And I've been late. And the first time it was very, like, oh, traumatic. Like, I was... I felt awful. Freaking out. You're freaking I freaked out. Yeah. out. He freaked out. I mean, he's just in the office. <laughs> That's what I mean. He's safe. He's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. But that was a good lesson where I, I, I said, I'm going to disappoint him more. Not like consciously, but this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I make mistakes. I'm human. I can apologize for mistake mm-hmm. or for hurting him unintentionally. And... And how beautiful. I, I mean, yeah, it like, really is. Even though it's fucking hard. Like, oh, I, yeah. I don't want to forget him at school, though. No. <laughs> but I mean, so did that kind of expectation. Because there are also, there are things that are going to be out of our control. You yeah. Know? And we are yeah. just human and we do the best we can with what we have. Yeah. Just the way our parents did. Yeah. So I think it's such a healthy realization to have that, okay, even those maybe most fucked up moments where I resented my parents for a long time or where I was angry at them for a long time, even in those moments, that was the best they could do. Like if any parent, if I could have done better, I would have done better. Yeah. And it helps us to soften. Mm -hmm. And forgive. Yeah. Forgive. Mm. We see each other. Like (laughs) I see myself, I see my mom now at, like I'll be 36 this month. I see my mom now at my age than I think I ever have hmm. growing up. Like I always pushed her away, pushed her away, pushed her away. Especially I think moms and and young women, that relationship can be such a struggle. Hmm. The, the I don't know what that is, but yeah. So I have like so much softness and ease and grace and... It's not always perfect, but right now I feel very like leaned into the grace of like women in general. Mm. And like I talk about holy womanhood and write about holy womanhood. And I think I want just more women around me or not necessarily day to day, but like I want to bring all the women to the front Hmm. and all together, like the right clubs that by accident were all, it's all women. They're the best. Sorry, dudes. Not sorry, (laughs) but they're the best. They feel the most cathartic and healing and just coming together in sisterhood. Hmm. Tell me about right club. Well, we meet once a month in Sacramento and just like, during the retreat, guided prompts in different ways. Sometimes they're the same, but I wanted to create a monthly 
I don't want to call it a series, but something consistent that had certainty so people can join and know that they it's coming every single month and they can just write and release and let go or work through their own shit, whatever they needed to do. And it didn't feel right to just do it quarterly mm-hmm, or once mm-hmm. a year, especially on a local level. And it's really important for me to just hold space and also share my story and why I write and what it's done for me in my life and have others, you know, explore within either the same or different or have their own experience with it. How did you start journaling? How did you start writing? Was that always Always. a part of your life? Always. I've been journaling since I was little and teenager, young 20s. I would just write in my notebooks didn't matter if the paper, if I had no paper, I'd write on something on a back of a receipt because I just needed to get it out. And it was one of the quiet ways I expressed myself loudly. Hmm. <laughs> oh, what a beautiful way to put it. Hmm. Yeah. And now that's expanded to something because there's also an online piece of it. Mm-hmm. So now Write Club sending it's the best name. I mean, well, it's the best name. A write club, like a fight club for people that want to write. It's just... You don't talk about it. You don't club. talk about it. You don't know about it unless you know... No. <laughs> and now I just... Whomever is subscribed to my email list, they'll get a weekly prompt. If they're not local to Sacramento, they can join. And I typically write a story or an experience. Sometimes it's like a little ranty. And then I write a... I come up with a prompt out of what I've written. Every week? Every week, every Mm -hmm. Wednesday. Sometimes I'll create a yoga video and do a prompt after and just put it up on the YouTube and just link them to the video Mm -hmm. or have them listen to something. It's not the same. Of course not. It's just not. Just like Not being in person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, It's not the same. But I mean, it's also part of, it's a privilege to be able to, to gather in that sense you know especially retreats like this we have to fly somewhere kind of it's a big thing to put together and um if you're living in the local area that you can come once a month like that's a more accessible thing I think to give people tools just to have in their everyday is a really valuable thing if it's not going to be the same in terms of we're not looking each other in the eye right crying sharing what we wrote or sharing our story but as close as you can get to that, yeah. you know, and it's free. And, and it's, it's free. I want, <clears throat> I always want it to be accessible for anyone. Mm-hmm. And whether they write or not, maybe they just need to read and think about something. Mm. And I don't know where it goes, how it lands, mm. but it's out there. And I just trust that it's meant to be. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Now, I love my daughter. Everybody knows that. But around seven o'clock every night when I put her to bed, my alone time with Dennis begins. And it's also some of my favorite parts of the day. One of our favorite things to do at night is make super delicious vegan food for dinner. It's kind of crazy to say, but Dennis is becoming a master vegan chef. He's gone from eating all sorts of crazy stuff to suddenly loving vegan food, and he loves to cook it every day. I don't even know where he gets most of his creative ideas from anymore. Well, last night we decided to keep it super simple, and we made vegan pizza using Bob's Red Mill unbleached artisan bread flour. It's our favorite premium high-protein flour milled from America's highest quality wheat. 
Dennis and I love making pizza so much that we even decided to buy a classic wood stove for the backyard. It's kind of getting a little bit out of control. There's no need to even change the recipe at all. The ingredients we use are perfect, and Bob's Red Milk makes sure of that. On top of the flour, we add herbs and garlic and olive oil to make the perfect dough each time. And Dennis rolls and I chop the ingredients. My pizza is usually topped off with all different kinds of veggies like olives, tomatoes, mushrooms, and Dennis is more of a vegan meat lover and he tops his with vegan sausage. And of course, tons of vegan cheese. There's nothing quite like ending the day with delicious food that's good for you and nothing like ending the day with my husband as well. If you want to learn more about the awesome brand that my whole family loves and lives by, you can check out Bob's Red Milk products and recipes go to bobsredmill.com easy peasy go to bobsredmill.com sometimes in life skepticism can serve you well it can save you money keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation and help you avoid spreading gossip to be honest when i am faced with a new scenario i usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong and if you're like me you can probably spot a too good to be true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job That's where Ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Ritual's Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. And we're going to do, do some... Uh more writing and fun stuff with you on yeah. yogagirl.com yeah. too that's the plan so if you guys if you're listening and you're like ooh <laughs> I want to dive deeper I'll be sharing some more of Steph's Steph's stuff also coming <laughs> soon but when we were doing the writing this week because I write a lot and I never write very rarely write in an actual journal like I'm more if I'm in the moment and I feel something I'll open the notes app on my phone and I'll mm. write and write and write and write and write and then sometimes rarely but sometimes I'll be like oh okay I'm gonna share this and then I always because it's like five times too long for an sure. Instagram caption I have to abbreviate it and then put it in put it in and one of the first prompts or one of the first circles we had you shared well of course like writing it's a very physical act and you're using your hands and it's uh, less disconnected than being on your phone which is so true. And the first prompt you gave us was a hundred things about myself mm-hmm. where you just write, you know, list, bullet mm-hmm. point, one, two, three, four, you know, until a hundred things that are true or things about me. And the first thing I wrote, or I think I wrote, my name is Rachel. And then number two, I have shit handwriting. That's <laughs> <laughs> my number two. And then my number three became, actually, I don't have shit handwriting. I just want to do everything quickly. Mm. And it's true. When yeah. I sit down and I'm like, take if I'm like signing someone's book and writing a little dedication, like I can do that really nicely. Yeah. But... I'm not but, a slow P 
patient person. Yeah. And if I'm journaling, I'm like, get oh, it. I want to get it. I want to fill this page right away. Or like, I'm, my brain moves too quickly for my yeah. hand to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> and we can type faster <laughs> than write. Than write. So the writing forces us to slow down. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, and it's That's, been a really, it was a good practice for me to have. Also, another another prompt we did about complaints. Mm-hmm. Do you want to share that one? In that case one anyone is my wants to do favorite. It? I loved it. It's Well, now I just keep doing it in my own life. <laughs> but complaints, when we have something to complain about, it's, in other words, what I like to, how I like to think of it is that it's just an unmet need. So I write down what my complaint is. For example, when Steve doesn't do the dishes. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, motherfucker, do the dishes. <laughs> I'm not your maid. No. And it's really an unmet need. Like, what do I need here? Is it really about just the few dishes he put in on one day? Or is it... Actually, I would like some help or support mm-hmm. or maybe for him to ask me to help him. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I feel like I need to be validated by him just asking, hey, babe, I got to go. I love you. Got to go to work. Will you do the dishes? Yeah. And then you're like and happy like, to yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's I just the, it, the reflecting <clears throat> of that really has helped me to shift when I need to complain about something. Mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. is it is it a need? Is it a want? Uh, do I need to reflect on it? And then if I think about it, is it true? Or am I taking it too personally? But even just putting something as simple as that, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm so annoyed when Dennis doesn't do the fucking dishes. Mm-hmm. Like that's like, oh. Mm-hmm. And then, so the prompt, so what we did was writing that, that you're, Top three most annoying things, mm-hmm. whatever comes up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, there's so much. <laughs> How do I choose just three? But then looking at them and then evalu- and, and looking at, okay, is there actually an unmet need or want here? And what does it actually represent? And for me, the number one I put, because this is my like biggest pet, like peeve, like the thing that annoys me the most is yeah. sloppiness. Yeah. And I, and I know I can be really harsh on people in that way. And I'm a super perfectionist, like, and very judgmental toward myself to do everything really meticulous mm-hmm. and right. And I think I'm the hardest on myself, you know, harder on myself than anybody else. But just sloppiness all around. Like, if someone's going to write me an email, like, just, like, punctuation. <laughs> yes. Come on. So, you know, I get a lot of these, and I know you do too, but a lot of these companies who reach out who are like, oh, if you want to be the new brand ambassador for this or whatever, and you know it's a copy-paste. Let copy me insert pasted. my eye roll here. Yeah, <laughs> insert eye roll. <laughs> like, and then, you know, it's a copy-pasted email and they're mm-hmm. just sending it to like lists of people and yes. all they do is change the name. Yes. But then they don't they they don't fuck even, up the name change. Yeah, they don't even spell it right. No, then I'll write them back. I'm like, hello, actually, my name is not Lauren. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my name is Rachel. If you would have taken the time to mm-hmm. like actually get to know me, maybe mm-hmm. I would have been interested. But right. because of this sloppy fucking bullshit yeah. email, no, like go away. Yeah. Okay, I won't write it like that, but I'll be like, this is so, you know, if you're going to do something, like just take a, take a second with it, like do it. Do right. you really respect my work? <laughs> do, you do you really just need me? You just want like want marketing, marketing, right. you know, and it's just, yeah. But then when I wrote that, like sloppiness, and it also goes with, you know, service at restaurants, like, and I'm okay with that if it's like a sweet person and they forget something, that doesn't matter. But sure. if you're like, throw the menu in my face oh. or like, you know, like just the sloppiness yeah. of like not caring yeah. about what you do. Yeah. That annoys me. And then we had to kind of reflect over, 
okay, so is there an unwant an unmet want or a need here, an unmet need. And I was like, the fact that I'm annoyed by <laughs> the whole world being <laughs> sloppy. It's not just like Dennis is sloppy sometimes because that's not the thing. It's like yeah. the whole world. The whole world. <laughs> what is the solution? Like, what is the unmet need? And I wrote, I need everyone to do a perfect <laughs> job at everything at all times. <laughs> unmet need and then of course I got to reflect on that it's like hmm maybe 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 Rachel you need to practice a little bit of letting go <laughs> maybe there is a little just a moment, hint just a hint of letting go rather than everybody else do their jobs perfect all the time but it was such a fun it was a fun practice just to see myself like oh what's the response here yeah but then there was another one where okay and something that annoys me is when the baby's sleeping people who aren't quiet yeah and I'm like okay so what is the unmet need it's like well I need peace of mind like yes I need people to be quiet when she's asleep and it's not just you know for her to sleep long just so I can have peace of mind the yeah. way she gets her rest and I get her my rest because my need is I need to to rest yeah 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 so that's like a real thing it so when is. I'm annoyed at like I don't know Dennis who like slams the door you know it's like hey baby wakes up now like that means that I right am on again right you know right. And I need help or I need yeah. support or I need a break so it was um anyone if you're listening now and you're like ooh, this sounds cool just write down your top three things that annoy you the most and then reflect on mm -hmm. is there an unmet need there Or is there something that you can reflect on like that complaint actually represents something mm -hmm. different, like a need to let go? Yeah, or ask for help. Hmm. Like we can ask people in our lives for help. Like, can you take Bennett to school this morning? I've been very good about that. Whereas hmm. I'm not always good at speaking up for myself or asking for help. I'm like, I got to do everything on my own. I got to set the example. I don't need help. I, and I want it my way too. <laughs> Why are we like that though? What do you think? Because it's not just you and me. Control or just, I think it's also tied to my feeling enough. Like it, like me being enough as a person is a part of doing enough. Like if I ask for help, that means I'm not good enough. So that can tie into like my own self-esteem and like root chakra <laughs> work that mm. I need to do. And then we mm. open that door and then like it's kind of life changing. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, shit, now that I know that I have to be responsible for that. Mm. <laughs> But I feel like some people just are naturally good at mm -hmm. that. And then if you're, if it's not in your kind of DNA to mm -hmm. ask for help and support, it's, it's this thing you have to practice all the time. Totally. And I'll do it. And I actually, I, I'll, and I'm super blessed that I have this amazing team that I work with. I mean, I'm so blessed in so many ways, but specifically like they know that about me and mm -hmm. that I, I tend to, if I don't say anything for a long time, that usually means I'm very overwhelmed and like super, you know, hardly can manage. So there's at least one or two people who every morning is like, Hey, do you need something today? Yeah. And I can just, and that forces me to just sit back and be, and it can be anything. It can be like, oh yeah, actually, I, I don't know how I'm going to pick up the baby because I have this meeting here and there. And it's like, okay, well, let's change that meeting. Like, yeah. Let's cancel that. And then they give me permission to do that, even though I'm the 
quote unquote boss. Yeah. Like, can we just change that? Okay, cool. Okay. Like no giving each gets, other permission. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you can have anyone in your life just be that person and, mm-hmm. and check in with each other all the time. Yeah. Like, what do you need? Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's an actual thing. Okay. I need you to help me with this. Sometimes it's just like, oh, today I need to, I need to rest more or today mm-hmm. I need to move my body. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we can do that alone too. And I think writing in that sense can be so so beautiful because Mm. you don't have you don't need anybody else yeah well and a lot of the girls at the retreat were like it's so different seeing these words on paper Mm. writing out some of the deeper stuff that we went into is oh oh these things are what i say to myself it's hard to read that Mm. it's confronting Mm, it it really is Mm. it's so confrontational You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Since well-being is something we talk about every week on this show, the people at Oatly asked me to talk a little bit about climate change this week too. Because of course, when you think about it, climate change is an issue at the center of everyone's well-being. And as we all know, it's a topic that can feel overwhelming. Maybe because we feel like we're just waiting for the politicians to create laws to slow down the planet's current progression toward being uninhabitable. See, okay, I've already talked about climate change for like 20 seconds and I'm already feeling overwhelmed. But don't worry, there's still good news. Us non-politicians do have the power to make a difference right now. It might sound cliche, but small changes do add up. Things like being thoughtful about how we get from one place to another, or if you're not ready to go totally vegan, try switching from cow's milk to plant-based milk. I mean, the fact that we no longer need an animal to make something to put on our cereal or in our coffee is really, really good news. And since we're in the middle of an ad for Oatly, it seems like the perfect time to mention that oat milk tastes really good on your cereal or in your coffee, uses a lot less water, less land, and creates far less greenhouse gas emissions than cow's milk does. So if you're a non-politician like me or a politician who occasionally doubles as a regular human being and you want to do something now about having a planet to live on in the future, maybe think about switching over to Oatly. Or at least find out more about Oatly, the vegan plant-based oat milk originally from Sweden at Oatly.com. That's O-A-T-L-Y.com. Or look for Oatly on Instagram at O-A-T-L-Y. I feel inspired from this week because I always do writing in my retreats, but it's always, it's always in connection with, with practice. Mm-hmm. So I'll start mm-hmm. a practice with a very simple prompt about mm-hmm. anything, letting go or forgiveness or how am I feeling or just something just as a way in. Mm-hmm. I like how writing opens the door just to that reflection of, and then I find once we start moving, I can touch on that and they're already open because they kind yeah. of went into their story already. But I feel inspired by you just to to get other people to really sit with themselves in that way, way more. Because yeah. I don't, you know, I really don't. I don't have that practice of just me and, you know, I'm too, I'm too intense. <laughs> too, I'm too extroverted. I'm like, I'd rather sit and talk to a million people on the podcast about yeah, my problem. Yeah, yeah. Why should I, why should I have a diary? <laughs> yeah, but all the sharing circles that you led were so beautiful. And yeah. getting us to share one-on-one, small group to big group. Yeah, like, I love that. Yeah. I love that. But it also does. I mean, and it requires another level of vulnerability. Yes. Kind of the writing, it's just it's just you and your own thoughts or you and your own feelings. And that's yeah. such a and it works so well with the yoga too. It does. It's all connected. It's all connected. It's just this perfect mix of everything. <laughs> but I know for you, I mean, how because you have a, a history of like, you always love to move. Mm-hmm. You're a very movement oriented mm-hmm. person. But you're not yoga hasn't been a part of your life. 
forever, always. No. How did you make your way to that practice? Well, over 10 years ago, I took my first yoga class because a friend of mine promised to buy me a beer after. <laughs> That's a great way. <laughs> Anyone listening, like if you have that friend who's like, I don't want to do yoga, like go buy them a beer. <laughs> See if it works. And I, I said, I don't want to do that weird hippie breathing thing. <laughs> and yeah, I was served a big slice of humble pie. That mm. first yoga class was a power vinyasa, heated. I didn't know I could sweat like off of my nose and my <laughs> fingertips. And I was like, what the hell is this? And so I practiced off and on. I really enjoyed it. And then I got pregnant. And actually, Steve and I used to go on yoga dates when we were first dating. And I was like, this guy does yoga? <laughs> okay. <laughs> what a man. Yeah. He requires like his own he podcast. He needs to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, much to say about him. Yeah. Even getting questions <laughs> about him. <laughs> and I got pregnant with Bennett. I didn't practice yoga when I was pregnant. I just liked to walk. I just wanted to walk and walk and walk. I had him and motherhood was, it's so beautiful. The experience is so beautiful, but also it was really hard. And I had postpartum depression and I didn't know it for a long time. And it got to the point where I wasn't showering, wasn't eating, doing the bare minimum to take care of Bennett, like bare minimum. I still feel like if I take myself to that place that I, I still have some guilt to let go of during that time. And it, and it's hard to explain what that's like. It just like bricks were attached to me and I was not who I am. I mean, how long did that go on for months, Mm -hmm. months when he was an infant and, one day Steve said, I got to give you an ultimatum. Like either I take you to a hospital or you do something to get yourself moving, going. I don't know what that is for you, but I'm going to be here if you choose something and, and support you through it, or I'm literally dropping you off at a hospital. And whoa. Yeah. Like, Hmm. I don't know, but I also think that's like such an angelic thing. Mm. (laughs) What a hard thing to do. Yeah. I mean, for him. Yeah. And so I just, he goes, what about yoga? Like you loved yoga. And at the time we were living two blocks from a studio. They were having this ridiculous sale, like $39 unlimited yoga for every month. Like just sign up. And I was like, $39 in California? Like yoga is like a minimum a hundred bucks a month unlimited. And he's like, I'll walk you to yoga. Like, and he would walk, him and Bennett would walk me to yoga every day, make sure I was there. And like that time and what the practice did for me and all the teachers whose classes I was taking at that time, just They didn't try to fix me. They didn't try to say, oh, it's okay. And I've never experienced that in my life because we all, we go, oh, it's okay. Don't cry. Oh, it's not that bad. These people have it worse. And 
at the time, the only person that knew was Steve. I didn't share it with anyone. I was super ashamed, so guilty and beside myself. But I let myself cry. I let myself feel. And moving my body literally felt like healing my body and my mind. And I, I, I think it was the first time in my life that I allowed myself to feel my emotions without other emotions attaching to it. So I had to let myself feel really sad, but not feel guilty about that sadness. Mm. And there was one teacher in particular, and he would openly talk about depression from time to time in his classes and share about his story. And I, I just really connected with it. And I go, wow, if he can talk about it um, in a vinyasa class, mm. oh my God, like I want, <clears throat> I want to help others to know that they're not alone. And really it's, it's not even about, taking care of people it's literally just being with people and holding space and go like I got you like the breath movement feeling our emotions it's like one of the best healing practices mm. and then some level of support mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no yeah. fixing no fix and it's hard <sighs> I mean so hard. even especially with the people that we love the most you know we want to find the perfect formula mm -hmm. like do this and you're good yeah you know? you'll be healed or you'll be, healed. be you'll or this worked yeah. for me yeah it, it will work for you yeah just that sentence like everything's okay everything's okay mm -hmm. what if in that moment no it's not okay mm -hmm. and you saying that just minimizes everything mm -hmm. i feel you mm -hmm. know oh yeah well the minimizing mm -hmm. we can do that to each other so easily we don't think about it because our parents do that to us yeah. ever since we were I mean, little kids too it's yeah. like you know oh don't you're okay cry. don't cry you just don't fell cry. it's not you're, a big deal yeah you're fine you're fine you're fine you're fine you're fine yeah yeah, yeah. okay i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine, I'm fine. Uh, well there. and then they're like, swallowing the emotion yeah. or the true experience and expression for them mm. they're swallowing it mm. so then we look we we learn to say i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine mm. even when we're not like it's no wonder why we're all fucked up no, I mean, it starts really young. <laughs> yeah. But it's also, and we can see that with our parents too. Like, of course, we want our kids to be fine. Yeah. You're fine. You're fine. Yes. You're fine. You're fine. You're okay. Everything's fine. Everything's okay. You know, and just sitting with the reality of sometimes it's not, you yeah. know. And the kids can feel us. Yeah. When we say, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. The energy of us. <laughs> We're not like, fine. <laughs> oh my God. Is her bone broken? Is his head okay? Like, they can feel that. Mm -hmm. They're very intuitive mm -hmm. and they know on some level, they're saying I'm fine, but something else is telling me otherwise. And so they learn to turn off their intuition. Mm. You know, we turn off our intuition because it's like incongruent what we're told versus what is being felt. Mm. So even the How do yoga you practice that with Bennett? Oh, because now he's older. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm navigating, trying yeah. to figure figure this out. How is that with him now? I let him feel his emotions. Like at school, he'll say, I didn't get to sit next to my friend. Another kid wouldn't let me sit next to her. And it's his best friend. And he goes, I'm just really sad. 
I can't handle it. My heart just hurts. He says that. Yeah. My heart oh, just my heart hurts. just hurts. I can cry. I can goosebumps yeah. <laughs> crying. Oh. I don't want his heart to hurt. I know. <laughs> so even he's seven. He's over 60 pounds. I'll sit him on my lap and I will just say, may I love on you? May I hold you? I'm, I know you're sad. I get sad too. I remember when I couldn't sit next to my friend. It made me really sad. Maybe you could sit next to her tomorrow. You know, and just mm. not try to change it and let him feel the the cycle of the emotional response from that experience and give him his own time. And he does move through it. And he openly says, okay, like when he's ready. And then he says, okay. Yeah. And even when I'm really sad or angry or frustrated, he he knows. And he go, Mama, may I love on you? <laughs> oh, my heart. <laughs> I'm like, You're, are you sure I'm your parent? <laughs> <laughs> How did this happen? Yeah. And I've really done that since he was little, like toddler age and... I told you about how he used to headbang mm. and when he couldn't formulate words or wasn't really talking yet at like two and how he would headbang against the wall, against the floor. And I was like, Steve, I think something is like mentally wrong with him. Like, I don't know. We should go take him to the doctor and get him all checked out because I, I had never been around kids that did this headbanging. And then I, I just thought, wait, okay, we'll just keep an eye on it. And then I would just scoop him up hold him really tight and just rock him. I love you. I love you. I won't leave you. I'm right here. I hear you. And it's just, that's how we've dealt with emotions in our house. Hmm. Even with Steve and I, like hmm. it's gotten so good hmm. with. And then, you know, you yeah. learn along the way with him yeah. and then he teaches you back and then yeah. you can put that on each other. I mean, it's yeah it was a beautiful like, cycle stay seven don't ever <laughs> lose this don't forget to be seven like when you're 13 or 17 and you have a you know girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever whomever you like love at that time don't lose these hmm. like let it be don't forget to be seven don't forget <laughs> to be seven <laughs> it's the best yeah Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you. Do you think, it's just a, a final question. Do you think you would have been able to arrive at that sort of beautiful ability to hold emotion if it wasn't for your postpartum depression and everything that you went through then? No, I, I would have swept those things under the rug or fixed or just like my mom did and her mom did. My mom is from Germany. My grandmother, a whole side of my family is from Germany, so they're very stoic and cold and nothing's wrong and that's how they learned to go oh you're fine it's not that big of a deal or whatever it is but to a seven-year-old not getting not able to sit next to his best friend at school is a big deal that's his world right now hmm. and it might not sound like a big deal to us but if we make make sure that or if I make sure that Yes, that is a big deal in his life. Like, hopefully when the things get really, really big, like, uh, as he grows, I hope that he will always be able to share, like, his teenage angst or the 20-something, like, 
wild and out, go crazy, break all the rules. I, I hope that he feels safe, that his parents will always be there and not judge him or try to change him or fix him. And I think that because of my yoga practice and where I was practicing and with whom, it was, you know, when I was 29 years old, hearing the concept of self-love for the first time is like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm sorry. How come this isn't taught in school? <laughs> I'm 29. Why am I hearing about this right now? <laughs> I like feel gypped. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a little bit. Yeah. But isn't it beautiful how life will give us all the challenging experiences we need just when we become parents or right before or around yeah. that time so that it's like here's a gift for you to learn something essential yeah you know and then when we're in that we don't know yeah at all and then we're suddenly like, it's just oh okay I'm able to hold this space right now because that happened to me and I had to learn that for myself yeah I mean how cool is that life you know life yeah. life happens right on time Right on time, yeah. Mm -hmm. So then with that also we can release any guilt or anything that felt like, oh, shouldn't have been that mm -hmm. way. It was that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love you so I much. I love you. <laughs> I, if the chair wasn't in we between us, like, I'd be like reaching for right you. <laughs> oh, please um, bring him. Bring yes. your boys next yes. time you come. Yes. So that Stephen can teach Dennis how to sew and make furniture yeah. and do all the crazy cool shit that he does. Bathing suits. Let's get Dennis making you swimsuits now. Oh my God, fat <laughs> chance. Jesus. I asked him the other day, what was it? It was something so simple. I was like, can you, it was like a light bulb or something. And he was like, no, we have to call someone. <laughs> I, like, I don't think he's going to be sewing me a bathing suit anytime soon, but. Never, ne oh, never, never say, say never. never. Very true, very true. But thanks for coming on the show. I Thank love you, you for so much. Me. Everyone wondering when we're gonna do our next retreat. This for sure was not the last one, so we're gonna plan and we'll let you yeah. know. And for right now, if you wanna join Right Club or follow Steffi, you can take Steffi's classes online at 108.com or yogagirl.com. And you can find her on Instagram as Steffi Now. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and a huge thanks to my guest, Steffi Birch. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find them all on yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. Of course, don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work and thanks to my sponsors, Oatly and Bob's Red Mill. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week. <laughs>